today. Uh, we're going to jump back into our uh, um, study that we've been doing and try to wrap, put a bow up on this before the end of the month. Amen. We only have uh, two more Sundays in the month. And so I think we can wrap it up. Amen. Uh, you guys know that on Wednesday nights, we've been doing our study, uh, building a multi-ethnic church. And we've been talking about God's eternal plan for his church. Everybody say his church. I have to keep repeating that and emphasizing that because some of us, if we're not careful, we'll think this our church. And as I said before, we see clearly from our study of the gospel scripture that God's plan from eternity past to, to eternity present was to bring the different ethnicities into one body. That's the body of Christ. Out of two people, he made one. As far as God is concerned, there was only two ethnicities, Jew and Gentile. Now there's three. That's Jew, Gentile, and the church. Can I get a witness? So now that we understand that and now that we know that, then as a body of believers, our desire and our goal is to fulfill God's plan for his church. Now, uh, if you will, go back with me to Ephesians chapter number three, which has been our base scripture. And we'll start our reading at verse number 10 of this third chapter. And we're going to read down through verse number 21. Amen. Glory to God. It's good to be here. And I thank God for each one of you all today. The text says this God's purpose in all of this, in all this was to use the church to display his wisdom in its rich variety to, to all the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. He says this was his eternal plan, which he carried out through Christ Jesus, our Lord. Let's keep reading because of Christ and our faith in him. We can now become, we can come boldly and confidently into God's presence. Text says this. So please don't lose heart because of my trials here. I'm suffering for you. So you should feel honored. He says, when I think of all this, I fall to my knees and pray to the father. He was the apostle Paul is praying because he had, he was on assignment. He was on mission from God and his one of his primary purpose was to, to communicate the effects of the crucifixion, to, to communicate the effects of Jesus Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. And through Christ's death, burial, and resurrection, the enmity, the, the bitterness, and the hatred that had existed between Jew and Gentile was now being torn down. That middle wall of partition that caused separation, Jesus Christ, through his death, burial, and resurrection, tore it down. Everybody say he knocked it down. Text says, when I think of all this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father. What does he pray? Let's read. The creator of everything in heaven and on earth. Text says, I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. He says this, then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. Let's read that last sentence again. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. 18, 19, 20, and 21, let's go. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, listen, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. Let's read that again. Come on, y'all, y'all not reading with me. Let's go. Let's see. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. Verse number 19 says, may you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. I can't understand fully how Christ can love old wretched soul like me. 
I can't understand full, fully, brother, brother Kenny, how he can forgive me for all of my frailties and my faults and still have an intimate relationship with me. That boggles my mind sometimes. But I thank God for it. Though it is too great to fu- understand fully, then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. 2021. 20 now, all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. He says, glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. Glory to God. Now, guys, uh, we, we've been talking about God's plan for his church. And we read in Paul's prayer there, he kept repeating something about God's love. And, and so we're going to subtitle this message today, What's Love Got to Do With It? Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, what's love got to do with it? See, many of you probably remember that song that, that uh, Tina Turner, as she, uh, her career uh, experienced a re- re-emergence, she came out with that song. And, and, and the, the, the main chorus line says, what's love got to do with it? What's love but just a second-hand emotion? That's what Tina said. What's love got to do with it? Who, listen, listen to this last one. She said, who needs a heart when a heart can be broken? And see, when you think about that, and that's the mindset that a lot of people have, I'm not going to love because I've been hurt before. I can't extend love because you don't, Pastor, you don't understand. I went through some stuff. Pastor, you don't understand. You, you're asking me to show the love of God and to, and to do what the word of God says. And, and, and that person did this to, to me or, or they did that to us. And how can, how can you possibly ask us to extend forgiveness? Well, let me tell you something. God's love supersedes all of the things that we went through. And we're going to see here that you do have the power, amen, through Christ Jesus to be a part of his plan for his church. Now, now, look, look at the key thought. I want, I want you to keep him. This is from our study on Wednesday night. Uh, and I want you to just read this with me. It says, planting, building, and maintaining multi-ethnic churches, as well as transitioning homogeneous churches into local multi-ethnic churches, was hard work in the first century. And it's hard work today. You guys remember when the Apostle Paul began to reiterate about his conversion experience. I think it's in Acts, the 22nd chapter, but y'all check it out when you get home. When Paul began to, to, to regurgitate or to share about his Damascus Road experience. And when Paul began to share about how God had transformed his life. Because you got to remember that Paul was, was, was a Pharisee. Paul, Paul was going about persecuting the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. But when he met Jesus, the resurrected Savior, on the road to Damascus, guys, a change took place in his life. And see, when you meet Jesus, there's going to be a change in your life. I need two witnesses to let me know that you have a change in your life. When you really, truly surrender your heart to Jesus, there's going to be evident change in your outward behavior. So Paul began to preach the gospel, even so much so that people who were in, who knew him ahead of time were afraid to even go and interact with him because they knew how he was. How many of y'all got people who still are skeptical about you? How many of y'all got people in your life saying, well, I knew him when, or I knew her when, and I just don't, I just don't, I don't know. That was 15 years ago, but you know, pastor, I saw how she did then and I don't know. 
See, a lot of us had that issue going on in our lives. They, 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 they were skeptical of the Apostle Paul because he actually sat by and watched them execute Stephen. He actually threw men and women in jail who were naming the name of Christ. But now that he's met Jesus, a transformation has taken place in his life. And they listened to that testimony until the Jews listened attentively to that testimony until he said one thing. What was that one thing? God told me to go to the Gentile. Uh-oh. Can I put it in modern day terms? God told me to go and minister to Caucasians. God told me to go minister to Hispanics. God told me to go minister to Asians. God, God go, told me to go in, in mission, in blah, 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 mission, minister to whoever. I can't even get it out, y'all. The Jews listened attentively until he said the one thing that, that, that was his primary purpose in ministry was to let them know that, that as he said in Galatians 3 and 8, the gospel had been preached to Abraham aforetime, that through him, through his seed, amen, he was going to make him the father of many nationalities, many ethnic groups. All the different ethnic groups would come together to create a mosaic that was beautiful, amen, coming together. Those who were at odds were now coming together into this one new institution called the Church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so when he said that, the people got indignant. They were, they were furious. They, they wanted to take him outside and stone him to death because he said, God told me to go to the Gentiles. So Paul experienced a transformation, so we know about that. But watch this, watch this. We need God's love to flood our hearts. So it was hard work for Paul, guys. He experienced a lot of heartache and pain. And I'm going to tell you right now, when you really dial into God's plan for his church and you begin to speak this out, because, guys, we didn't just learn this, just learn it. We learned it to apply it. James says, be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. So when we learn the word of God, it's, it's, it's incumbent upon us to do the word of God. We need God's love to flood our hearts. His love is the super glue. Everybody says super glue. How many of you remember when super glue first came out? I mean, that little, that little tube of stuff, when you, and when you put it on something, it wasn't like Elmer's glue. How many of y'all grew up in school and had Elmer's glue? Maybe you could... You could you could attach some construction paper together, but Elmer's glue wouldn't hold uh, a, a whole lot of stuff that had a lot of weight on it. But when super glue came out, man, if you stuck to your fingers, it was hard to get it apart, right? He says, we need God's love to flood our hearts. His love is the super glue that brings different ethnicities together and creates churches from them. What's love got to do with it? It's only his love that moves us, listen to this, it's only his love that moves us beyond racism, beyond prejudice, beyond unforgiveness, and beyond misunderstanding. Now, now, as we look back at this, at our text in Ephesians, uh, the third chapter, we see that Paul prays and encourages the churches at Ephesus to realize that God's love would sustain and empower them to di- display God's manifold wisdom. Now, guys, we talk about the, wor- the, 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 word, uh, the word manifold, which the Greek word is palupoquot, blah, 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 blah. Okay, so I just kind of ran by that. <laughs> I mean, we spell it out, okay? It means many colored or rich variety. All right? It means many colored or rich variety. The multi-ethnic congregations in Ephesus proclaim to the angels and to the demons that Jesus had won. God in Christ Jesus fulfilled his covenant with Abraham and gave 
Abraham, his family. We, 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 we quoted this before, and you can look it up when you get home in Galatians 3 and 8, that the gospel was a priest ahead of time to Abraham. That through, through, through him, all the nations, all the ethnic groups will be blessed to come into this new entity called the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I thank God for that because now we, we understand the result or the effects of the gospel message. The gospel is the good news of Jesus Christ's death, burial, and resurrection, giving all of us some opportunity to come into a personal relationship with, with, with the Savior, Jesus Christ, and into a personal relationship with the God who created the heavens and the earth. And because of that, guys, we, we, we have, we, we're no longer at odds with God. We're in his family now. So, 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 uh, when we look at this, uh, again, it, it takes, it's, it's, it's going to take God's love to make this happen. So we ask him the question, what's love got to do with it? I would argue that love has everything to do with it. Because if you don't learn how to love, amen, the way God instructs us to love, then we're, we're not going to get there as a church. Amen. And no local church is going to get there because we're going to be concerned about all these isms and all these things and history and interactions and your experience. And, and you take your eyes off of the love of God, which is the super glue that keeps us together. Can I get a witness? Now, if you will, uh, let, let's go to first Corinthians, the 13th chapter right quick. And we're going to begin our reading at verse number one. Uh, you've heard me share this with you before, but love is probably one of the most misunderstood words in the world. And part of the problem is, 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 that, is that we use that one word to describe many things, right? We love this. We love that. We love that. And we don't ever really differentiate. And we, I, I put down on your notes uh, some uh, the five Greek words for love so we can differentiate. Because sometimes when people are saying love, you need to understand what kind of love they're talking about. In the English language, we use that one word love to cover a multiplicity of things. We can love certain kinds of food. You know, Maria was cooking uh, uh, Sunday dinner last night. She cooked Sunday dinner last night. She cook- and it was smelling good. You know, when, when that aroma is smelling good, you know, I, I just, I, I feel like it's my duty, Yvonne, to go in and get a foretaste <laughs> of glory divine. <laughs> Can I get a witness? And I went in that kitchen. I was, I was watching the football game because I, I was chilling on Saturday. Didn't, didn't do a whole lot, but watched a lot of football. And then the, the aroma from the kitchen became so strong and, and, and so satisfying to my nostrils. I just had to go in and cut me a little piece of that hamburger steak or whatever it was. It was something that she did. She put a little something different in there. And man, that stuff was good. I, I, I was tempted to keep on eating. <laughs> Any of y'all been there before? But I knew she cooked it for today, so I couldn't eat it all up last night. But I, I got a foretaste of what it's going to be like today. Can I get a witness? And you know what? See, what God wants us to understand is he put the local church in the earth ram. And through his plan for his church, he wants, amen, the earth to get a foretaste of what's going to happen in glory. We saw in Revelation, amen, I believe it's around the fifth chapter, can I get a witness? In the ninth verse, we're talking about the fact that all of us, every man of every tribe, tongue, language, and nation will be around the throne worshiping God. And Jesus prayed that whatever happens in heaven, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it was. So if we know, we don't know everything that's happening in heaven, but we do know that. Revelation told us it ain't going to be no black heaven, it ain't going to be no white heaven. 
some folks are going to be so, so, as a matter of fact, uh, I, I'm going to question whether or not you're going to even get there. Because if, 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 if this down here is supposed to be a picture of God's manifold wisdom, God said, through my plan that I had for the church all along, I hid it in the old covenant, I revealed it in the new covenant, that two, the two become one people. Are y'all tracking with me today? Can y'all tell I'm passionate about this? Because God's will should be the will of our local churches. And we should be a foretaste of glory. How many of y'all saying this on blessed assurance? Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. See, we should be picturing we should, the local church should be a foretaste of what's going to happen in the heavenlies. Are y'all tracking with me today? So get, get, get the first, I got to keep it. What, what's love got to do with this? Got, we're going to see it has a lot to do with it. First Corinthians 13, chapter verse number one. Watch this. Because love is, is oftentimes misunderstood. How many of you have had your heart broken before? By somebody who told you that they love you. Uh, y'all said, Pastor, don't go there. Don't bring up the memories. <laughs> do you not realize, again, because of hurt, I mean, maybe it's a personal relationship, maybe it's a church relationship that went sour, or, or, and, and, and now as a result, you have trouble loving today because of what happened to you five years ago or 10 years ago. But when I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to encourage you as we go through this text, and I got to keep moving because I'm, I'm getting sidetracked here. I'm going to encourage you to learn how to love and to let God's love permeate in your heart because when you learn how to love God's way then the stuff that has happened to you in the past a man won't keep having a hold on you and binding you listen listen to what the apostle Paul says and, and again understand this that 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 giving or receiving love is difficult when we don't even understand what it is Paul says if I could speak all the languages of the earth and of angels but didn't love others I would only be a noisy gong and a clanging cymbal. Verse 2 says, if I had the gift of prophecy and I, if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains but didn't love others, I would be nothing. Verse number 3 says this, watch this. Uh, if, I, if I gave everything I had to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it, but I, if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. Listen to what it says here. Because see, a lot of people will, even those who are in church, will do missions. They'll go do outreach. They'll serve the poor. And they'll make themselves feel good, but they don't love people. If I gave everything I had to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained what? Nothing. Next verse says what? Let's read. It says love is patient. Now watch this. Love, love, love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud. Keep reading. It says what? Or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable and it keeps no record of being wrong. How many of y'all still got your little wrong record book right there? Huh? And you got it, you got it, and you, and you put it out at any moment's notice. Especially when the person who hurt you it's in your presence. You go and look at that book. Mm-hmm, I remember that five years ago. Mm-hmm, I remember that last year. Mm-hmm, I remember that. Got your little book there. 
The text says what? It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable and it keeps no record of being wrong. Let's keep reading, guys. Watch this. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Talking about what? Love. Next verse says what? Come on, let's go. It says, love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. Come on, let's go, guys. He says, uh, prophecy and speaking in unknown language and special knowledge will become useless, but love will do what? It will do what? Love will last forever. I got to stop right there, okay? Now, most people think love is a feeling. And true love does produce feelings, but it's more than a feeling. Another misconception is that love is uncontrollable. But the Bible says something different. In fact, Jesus commands that we love others. Is that right? His words indicate that we do have control over whom we love and whom we do not love. See, watch this. If Jesus said part of, you know, when, when they asked him, what's the greatest commandment? He said, love, love thy God with all the heart, mind, and soul, and love, and love your neighbor as yourself. He said, and love your neighbor as yourself. That is a command. That is a directive. It's an understood you in front of the love. All of y'all who know the English language, you don't have to say you love your neighbor. It's love your neighbor as yourself. Now, if Jesus said that, wouldn't he be an unjust savior to command us? It was not optional. Wouldn't he be an unjust savior to command us to do something that we don't have the capacity to do? I think he would be. So if Jesus says, love your neighbor as yourself, then that means that it's a choice. That means that we have a choice. If he commands us to do it, then that means that that we have the capacity within us to do that. Are y'all tracking with me today? So, so. So, so, so that we can make sure we got some understanding. Let's look at the five Greek, word, Greek words for love. Just, just as a point of reference, because uh, I always tell uh, individuals, you need to understand what kind of love people are talking about. All right, first one is eros. Everybody say eros. This word for, for love actually describes all emotional love, the feeling of love. It's that exhilaration. Eros love is that insatiable desire to be near the target of this love. It's, 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 it's exciting. It's passionate. Have y'all ever had that feeling, you know, where, where, where you, when this certain individual comes into the room, your stomach starts to just turn it, go into knots? Oh, y'all want to play me this morning. Do you know that feeling that, 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 that it's, it's, it's that feeling that will drive you to find a way to get in front of that person when you really have no reason to be in front of them, but you find a way to get in front of them because arrows is permeated. It's, it's that arrows love is that, that, that desire to be near the target. It's, it's the exciting, the passion, the nervous feelings that, that sweep over people in appropriate circumstances. In other words, it's, it's, it's that, it's that, it's that, it's, it's that uh, Valentine's Day thing you're talking about. You know, it's that, it's that, that, that feeling of, 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 of attachment. A lot of times, you know, there's a, there's a root word erotic that comes from this, but, this, but eros has more to do with than eroticism. Okay? Can I talk to you a little bit? 
All right. It, it, it has to do with that feeling that drives you to want to be in touch with that person. So that's arrows. Next one is what? Let's, let, let's watch it. Next one is what? Phileo. Phileo, this word for love has to do with friendship, a brotherly love. Okay. We know Philadelphia has, comes, comes from the root word phileo. And Philadelphia is known as the city of what? Brotherly love. Phileo describes the love between two people who have common interests and experiences. So we got phileo. We got arrows. We got phileos. What's the next one? The next one is storge. The Greek word storge, this word is for love, describes family love or a sense of belonging. It's commonly referred to as motherly love. It's the family, the family unit, being a part of a family, a group, amen, that's storge, your family of origin. That's family love. Fourth one is what? Uh, epithumia. This word for love describes sexual relations between two individuals. Epithumia is talking about sex. That's why when you hear people say, we're going to, as a husband and a wife, As a husband and a wife. God put parameters and boundaries up to help us, to protect us, not to make us whatever. He put those boundaries up to protect us and to make sure that we don't get out there and hurt ourselves. But it's sexual relations. That's why you oftentimes hear somebody use the word. Can I say the way my wife and I want to make love? Y'all got somebody, somebody got real uncomfortable when I said that. Making love comes from that Greek word epithumia, that's sexual relations. And within the confines of a marriage, there ought to be sexual relations going on. Children, I know you don't want to hear this, but you got here because your mom and your dad had relations. Let me back up. Children and even adults, I know you may not want to think about it, but you got here because your parents had sexual relations. Only way you got here. Only way you got here. Now, I know you say, well, what about in vitro fertilization? You know, well, I'm talking about the natural way. But you still have to have the sperm of a man. Come on, all my medical professions. And the egg of a, of a who? You can't have the sperm of a man and the sperm of a man and produce life. You can't have the egg of a woman and the egg of a woman meet together and life comes. It don't, it, it's not God's natural order. Are you all with me today? Everybody say, what's love got to do with it? So epithumia is what? Sexual relations. Fifth, here's the one that we're going to park on, guys. Everybody say agape. Agape is the God kind of love. The, this word for love speaks to the God kind of love, that unconditional love. Agape love is entirely about, listen, it's, it's entirely about the lover and their virtue. It has nothing whatsoever to do with the one loved. Listen to me. Agape love has everything to do with the lover and their virtue. Amen. And, 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 and it has nothing whatsoever to do with the one love. 
The Bible says in John 3, 16, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him will not perish but have what everlasting life. Listen, God loved us so. It, 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 we were still yet in our sins and yet God loved us enough to give his very best for us. Had nothing to do with us and how good we are. You, be, you and I being saved has nothing to do with how good we are. It has everything to do with the agape love of God. Amen. Agape love in its purest, purest form requires no payment of favor in response. Go to Matthew 5 with me right quick and look at verse number 43. Matthew, the fifth chapter, verse number 43. We just talked about love and love is patient. Love is kind. It's not rude. It's not irritable. It doesn't rejoice with injustice. See, you know, we, we got to check ourselves to make sure that we're walking in love because in order for God's, God's beautiful mosaic of the multi-ethnic church to be relevant and to be uh, uh, fulfilling itself and to give the, the world a picture of the glory divine is coming, then it's going to take the love of God operating, amen, fully and completely within all of us. Because sad, it's sad to say there's a whole lot of stuff that's been going on that's causing us to get our minds off of the main thing. God's plan for his church. That's what we're after. Look at what the text says here. Matthew, this is Jesus talking. He says, you have heard the law that says, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Look at the next verse. It says this. But I say, love your enemies. Pray for those who person. Who's talking here? Jesus is talking. And he's talking to anybody who's naming the name of Christ. Anybody who says, I'm a born again believer. This is to us. But I say, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. Look at the next verse, guys. It says, in that way, you will be acting as true children of your father in heaven. For he gives his sunlight to both the evil and the good, and he sends rain on the just and the unjust alike. Keep reading. Let's go. It says, says if, you, if you love only those who love you, what reward is, that, is there for that? Even corrupt tax collectors do that much. Next verse. Let's read. If you are kind only to your friends, how are you different from anyone else? See, a lot of us are good at showing love to the people who we like. But here's what I've discovered. God will put people in your life who seem to be unlovable to teach you how to love. Mm-hmm. That person you've been, you've been praying, Lord, just move them, just move them, Lord. No, he ain't moving them. He ain't moving them. No, they're going to stay right there until you learn how to love. Hmm, I, 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 I'm going to the spirit realm and I hear some of y'all prayer life right now. Lord, just move them. God said, no, they ain't going nowhere. As a matter of fact, I put them there to teach you how to love. Don't believe me? Ask the children of Israel. They, they experienced it time and time again. Whenever they would go away from God, go whoring after the gods, God would allow them to be brought into captivity. By an evil nation. God will use whoever he needs to use to get us right. He sent his children down to Egypt for 400 years in slavery to get their hearts right. 
And don't think for one second he won't allow somebody who, who, is, who, who may be obnoxious, who may be the type of person who, who don't, nobody wants to be around, and all of a sudden they right there in the cubicle next to you. <laughs> Out of all the places they could have sat, they sat them right next to you. You're in school. And of all the places they could have sat, they assigned that person desk next to you. Every day. Five days a week. And you got to see them. Because God is trying to do something with us. Listen, if you're, if you're kind of to your friends, how are you different from anyone else? He says even pagans do that. We're nice to people who are nice to us. You're nice to me, I'll be nice to you. But if you come at me the wrong way, I come. I, listen, I got some street in me. Why are you going to brag about the street in you? you know, don't push me the wrong way. And we go bragging about that. You all be saying, Lord, keep the street buried. Watch this, watch this. Even pagans do it. Next verse, watch this. But you are to be perfect, even as your father in heaven is perfect, is mature. You're growing in your faith wall. Now guys, love at its core involves two things. I shared this with you before, but I want you to hear it again. Okay, Love at its core involves two things. Number one, first, love is a matter of choice. Okay? Go to, go to Galatians, I mean, Colossians 3, 11 through 14. Love is a matter of choice. So quit saying, I can't help it. I, I just hate them. No. If you say <laughs> that, that, that's not going to work. Huh? That cousin, that in-law, that outlaw. <laughs> See, if we're going to show the world the unity that Jesus prayed about before he ascended back up into heaven, we got to understand what love is and what's love got to do with all this. It has everything to do with God's plan for his church being fulfilled. Now watch this, Colossians, third chapter. Are y'all with me? Let's read it again. In this new life, it doesn't matter if you are a Jew or a Gentile circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave or free. Christ is all that matters and he, and he lives in all of us. Verse 12, let's read. Says, Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourself with what? Tenderhearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Let's keep reading. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Forgive anyone who offends you. So you uh, uh, remember the Lord forgave you. Is that right? Yeah, that thing that you think nobody knows about, but God knows about it. Those thoughts you had late in the midnight hour. God knows about them. That, that act that, you, that took place uh, that, that you thought it was covered, but God knows. Thank God he covers us and don't reveal everything that we've done, right? But God knows. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. That's just not optional, guys. I need y'all to look at me. It's not optional. He says, remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must 
Forgive others. I didn't make this up. Pastor, that's in the NLT. What did you say in the KJV? Go to the KJV right quick. <laughs> Let's see if it says anything different in the KJV. Glory to God. Are y'all still tracking with me today? Listen to me, guys. We got to take the word for it. Forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do you. Or the KJV say, also, also do ye. So ye, ye and you, the same thing. <laughs> it's you. Look, look at verse 14. Watch this in front of KJV. Verse 14. Above and above all these things, watch this. Above all these things, put on what? What's another word for charity? Love. He says, put on love, which is the bond of perfectness. Put it on. Now, now notice again. In verse 14 in the KJV, it says to put on. Love is something we can choose to have. If you can put it on, that means you can put it off. You can put it on, that means that you have a choice. Love is something that we can choose to have. If it were a feeling alone, we could not command it, but we can command a choice, and love is a choice. It is controllable. Second thing, first of all, I said love is a matter of choice. Second thing, love is a matter of conduct. Go to 1 John. Third chapter, look at verse number 18. Love is a matter of conduct. Love is something that we do. Everybody say do. Love is something that we do. Third chapter. Uh, verse, verse number 18 here of 1 John, third chapter. As a matter of, uh, it says, dear children, Let's not merely say that we love each other. Let us show the truth by our actions. Is that what your Bible says? Look at the next verse. Our actions will show that we belong to the truth so we will be confident when we stand before God. Even if we feel guilty, God is greater than our feelings and he knows everything. It's not merely say that we love each other. Let us show the truth, the truth that we love each other by our actions. Are y'all with love is something that we do and action, not a feeling. Too often we love with words, but not with actions. Hallelujah. Now, guys, agape love is, is, is what, we, what we're saying that we as a church body need to operate in. When the Bible speaks of God's love for us and the kind of love we ought to have for him and for other people, the word is always agape. It's not arrows because you're not going to have arrows love for everybody. And surely you're not going to have epithumia love for everybody. Y'all forgot what that was? Don't be going around to my, I love you with the epithumia. No, 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 no. You can't, you can't have sexual relation with everybody. Now guys, let me tell you something. Whatever God creates and designs for pleasure and procreation, whatever God creates and designs to fulfill his will, the devil always comes with a counterfeit. He's going to always come with a counterfeit to try to, 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 to discredit God's pure plan for his people. Are you with me? So when, a, when young ladies, young ladies, get all your teenagers, I want y'all to look me eyeball to eyeball. I don't care if you're, if you're 12 or 13 years old. Look at, look, look at me. Young ladies, 
When a man tells you, or a young guy tells you, if you love me, you will give your body to me. That is a lie from the pits of hell. All right? Now here's, here's the thing we got to understand. Those feelings that you have toward maybe that boyfriend that's, uh, or guys that feel that you have toward that girlfriend, those are natural feelings. Remember I told you the other week, the attraction in and of itself is not sinful because God gave us those attractions. I said the attraction is not the sin. It's the yielding to the attraction out of the confines of marriage that we enter into sin. So, but when a guy tells you that young lady, don't, don't, don't be disheartened and don't feel like you got to give yourself or vice versa, young guy, because again, girls are aggressive nowadays. Can I talk to y'all this way? Now, some of you parents are so naive. Oh no, my, my little baby. No, no. They sit up in there looking at all kinds of stuff over the internet because you don't monitor anything. You say, here, go in there and, and, and do what you're going to do. No, no, no. You need to monitor what your kids are watching in the social media realm. Track it. You're paying for it. Track it. Well, you know, I want them to have privacy. Wait a minute, baby. You get privacy when you get your own place. You have, you, if, if I am paying the mortgage on the house or if I own it outright and you are staying there, I have the right as the landlord, as the owner to go in every room in that place. Well, you know, I just, I just don't, you know, you know, Pastor, I know you, 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 you're talking like we living in draconian times and, and, you know, that was back then, but this is now. Well, I, here's what I know, uh, you know, a lot, lot of us ain't as messed up as some. Parent and stop trying to be the friend. You got to parent your kids. You can't be their best friends. I mean, they, they can talk to you about stuff. I want, I want my kids to talk to me about stuff. So that means I got to get them the freedom to share what they, what, what's going on in their mind. I don't know what's in their mind until they tell me or what's in their heart. So I, I want them to be able to talk about it. When they start talking, I don't, I don't, shut up, shut up. I want to hear it. Yeah, I want to hear it. What are you feeling? What are you dealing with? What are your temptations? Because I don't know about you guys. Uh, when I grew up, we didn't talk about that. I mean, maybe my, my parents didn't know or that during that, that hair, I'm 58. Let me, let me see the hands of, 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 of those who, who uh, can say that you and your parents didn't have those conversations about sexuality uh, uh, at all. Look at all these hands. They never did really talk about it. It was, just, it was now listen, don't you bring no baby home. That was the extent, that was the extent of the conversation. Now look, keep your legs closed. Now look, young man, take this with you and ca- wait, wait, wait. What, what, did, what did the Bible say? What did God's word say about this issue? Why are you, why are you, why are you telling your son that? And why are you, 
you know, saying, okay, well, young lady, okay, I'm, I'm, here's your prescription. Go get that. Well, you know, see, see, we think the baby is the sin. The baby is innocent. It's the epithumia outside of the confines of the marital relationship that is the sin. The child is innocent. But all we worry about, don't bring no child in. And guys, listen, what I'm telling you is that we got we to gotta learn how to talk to our children. Quit fussing and yelling and learn how to communicate with your children. And teach them from a godly perspective about what love is. And one of the best ways to do that is to show love in the proper way and you relate to your, own, to your spouse. When mom and dad show what true love is. Sometimes when they don't see that in mom and dad. They don't know how to emulate it. Okay? All right. Can we keep moving? When the Bible speaks of God's love for us and the kind of love we ought to have for him and for other people, the word is always agape, signifying a commitment to act. Love is something that we do. So, um, do you not know it's possible to love someone that you don't even like? I repeat that again, because that, that, that went over somebody. Do you not know it's possible to love someone that you don't even like? In order for God, listen, in order for God to teach us to love, again, he puts, around, he puts us around some unlovely people sometimes. It's easy to love people who are kind and lovely, but if God is going to teach us to love, he will bring some hard-to-love people into our lives. So, Brother Pastor, you're saying, what's love got to do with this? And we saw that, we said that love is a superglue. We learned through our lesson. Love is a superglue that holds the church together. Love is, is, is the abiding principle. The agape love teaches us that we all are part of the body of Christ. And that this division and separation that has been so prevalent in the church in America today has, 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 has served to show that the unity that Christ prayed prayed for is not happening in our churches by and large. So how do we how do we how do we get to the point where we start loving people? Let's five steps to loving people. Because if God tells us to do it, then that means we're responsible for doing it. If he commands us to love, then we can't excuse it away because we had a bad experience. Or because somebody hurt us deeply. If he tells us to love, then we have a responsibility to love, right? So number one, if we're going to love people, we must feel and understand how deeply God loves us. Go back to Ephesians 3, 17 through 18. Right quick. We must feel and understand how deeply God loves us. I've said this before and I'll say it again. And here's, here's, why, here's why we got to learn how to do this. Agape love is love that, that, that again, it's not predicated on what the person who's who's being loved done, it's, it's, it comes from the person who's extended it. And, and what I would tell you is for us to really understand agape love, we, we, we pretty much have to see it, it see it uh, uh, demonstrated in our life and we be the recipient of it. What, what do you mean by that, Pastor? Have you ever did something you sinned and you hurt somebody deeply and you were as guilty as sin? But that person 
and, 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 and it hurt and they had to go through a process to get healing. But they, 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 they extended love to you even though you were guilty as charged. And when you, when, when you know you're guilty, everybody know you're guilty. And that person says, you know what, you're guilty. I, we ain't going to excuse you. We got to counsel through it. But you know what, I'm still going to love you. I'm not going to throw you away. And I, I would submit to you, uh, 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 until you experience that kind of love, you, 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 you might not fully understand how wide and how deep God's love is to you. That's why God wants to use the church, Christians, to show forth that love. Because people need to see a tangible manifestation of agape love in the earth realm. And they're going to see it as God uses us to extend that kind of love. Look at what the text says again. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how what deep his love is. God wants us to feel his love and he wants us to understand his love. Why? 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 Because it, it, it's, 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 it's important for us to feel loved by God because unloved people are often unloving people. Are you with me today? When, 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 when you don't feel genuinely loved, it's, it's, it's hard for you to feel like giving love. So we first have to experience God's love ourselves. Just, just make a note of this. John, in John 15 and 12, Jesus said this. This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. That's what Jesus said. He's talking to the church here and he says, love each other in the same way I have loved you. But no, no, no. Here's what we do. We want to love people in the same fashion they love us. Okay, you didn't, you, you, you were, you, you treated me nice, you treated me kindly, and so I'm gonna treat you nice and I'm gonna treat you kindly. I'm, I'm gonna love you because you're loving me. But if you, the moment you stop loving me, the moment you do something that makes me upset, the moment you hurt me, I'm cutting you off. I don't have anything else to do with you. And here's what we do to fool ourselves. When I'm gonna speak, I'm gonna be nice. All right, come on, y'all look at me. I, I know we got some guilty as charged out there. I'm going to be nice. I'm not going to be rude, Pastor. But what you forgot is God who saved you, who delivered you, he knows your heart. And while you smiling and while you hugging him saying, you know what, I ain't going to ever trust you again. I'm smiling, I'm hugging. I, I really don't, I hope you leave early from this gathering. You ain't saying it out loud, but that's what's going on in your mind. And then, and then you, after you speak and you, and you do that, then you try, to, you try to move away from them. Am I right about it? Some of you dreading Thanksgiving right now. Because you hadn't got something right with one of your siblings. Or your mom and your dad. Or, or because something jumped off last time. And, 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 and you, you're dreading thanks, rather than thanking God for his blessing. You, you dread going around the family. Because you didn't, you're not learning how to love. Now guys, listen. This, this, this kind of love that we're talking about, you can't do it in your own strength. And that's been the problem. We've been trying to love like God in our own strength. And, and it takes the power of the Holy Ghost 
us yielding our will to him and watch him work in us. Are y'all with me today? So we first have to experience God's love ourselves because he said, this is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. So if we're going to learn to love people, we must feel and understand how deeply God loves us. God loved us so much, guys, that he gave his very best for us. He gave his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, died on the cross of Calvary so that you and I could have a personal relationship with God. Number two, we must forgive those who have hurt us. And guys, you know what? I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to start here, but I, I got to stop here because I, don't, I, I, need to, I need to unpack some of this. We must forgive those who have hurt us. Go to Colossians, the third chapter with me right quick. And here's where the hiccup comes. Here's where many of us have struggled in our walk with the Lord. Because we feel like they don't deserve. Listen, loving people with agape love has nothing to do with what they deserve. As a matter of fact, they don't deserve it. Just like you don't deserve to be forgiven because none of us are good enough. You don't deserve it. I don't deserve it. But God loved us enough to give his son, to shed his blood. I don't care if it's here because without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. Jesus Christ shed his blood on Calvary so that you and I could receive the forgiveness from the God who created the heavens and earth. Look at Colossians 3. Glory to God. And again, Start back at verse 11, 3 and 11. I, I, I got to stop it. So, so if, we, if we're going to uh, learn how to love people so that we can have the church in a position to where we are showing forth God's manifold wisdom, we got to love. And the question is, what's love got to do with this? See, it has everything to do with it. So you can tell a lot of times when people are having Forgiven and they still holding on to past hurt because they keep repeating the stuff. If 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 every time I talk to you or, or just I mean you just constantly repeating what happened to you fifty years ago. That means that some, somewhere along the line you did not you have not allowed God to come in and and to extend forgiveness and you have not allowed God to penetrate your heart to deal with that hurt that you have. If you keep repeating the thing, same thing the same stories over and over again. And this is not because you're old, but it's because it's still on the inside of you. <laughs> you know, sometimes we get older, we tell the same story, we forgot, we told it. But now, what I'm talking about is somebody who constantly talks about an incident. It's because they have not allowed the Holy Spirit into their hearts to deal with them and to extend forgiveness for the hurt. And the hurt was genuine. I'm not denying the hurt, but what I'm telling you is, and, and can I, let me read this, read this. Because, guys, you're not free if you're allowing the past to hold you bound. And a lot of us sitting in this room right now, a lot of us listening by, by virtual live stream are allowing what happened in the past to hold us from moving forward to the future. And God says, you got to let it go. Thought about a song that you got to let it go. Looks like another love TKO. They ain't got nothing to do with what we talked about, but it just came to my mind. <laughs> See, that's, 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 for, that's for those who are north of 50. See, I don't want to know the love TKO that they was talking about in the second round, but see, we want to knock out anything that's causing us not to operate in agape love. Text says this, 
in this new life, it, 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 doesn't, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're a Jew or Gentile. Can I bring it forward today? It doesn't matter if you're black or white, Asian or Hispanic. See, Jew and Gentile are ethnicities. And I'm going to tell you, I told you before, if your ethnicity trumps your Christianity, then you are out of order because you've made your ethnicity a God. I am Christian first and I'm African-American second. I don't disregard my ethnicity because that's who I am. And the beauty of it is, guys, is God, God created us differently and he created us differently so he could bring us all together to make this beautiful picture. So don't, 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 don't despise or don't knock it down. But when it comes to the things of the kingdom, as kingdom people, we cannot elevate our ethnicity above our Christianity. And when you do that, you've made your ethnicity an idol God. That's Bible. You, if you want to have a theological discussion, let's have a theological discussion. But don't, don't give me, don't, don't, don't give me uh, 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 your hurtful discussion. I understand you were hurt, but you got to get past the hurt to get into the, 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 the new flow. Amen. Because God has brought us all together into one body. He says, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave or free. Christ is all that matters and he lives in all of us. Look at this. Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourself with. You got, you got to put on these clothes. All right, here's some clothes we got to put on, okay? Now watch this, watch this. this, this, this look what he says. You got to clothe yourself with tenderhearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, in what? Patience. How many of y'all are impatient? How many of y'all are impatient with people? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. You better get some patience. If you're going to love like God, you got to have some patience. You know, as a pastor of 32 years, I've, I've learned patience. Amen. I love, I love you. Uh, but I, I'm patient. With, I, I think I'm patient. Sometimes. <laughs> but we got to be patient. Is that what it says? Next verse. Come on, let's go. 13. Uh, make, allowance, make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. That is not an option. You got to do it, guys. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. So, uh, I'm going to pick up on that next week. Okay? We must forgive those who've hurt us because there's, a, there's some meat to unpack. Y'all remember the story uh, uh, that during Great um, related in, his, in the book in chapter number nine where it talks about uh, the, the, the ethnic war that took place over in this African country. I told you guys, the devil don't care what your skin color is. That's just, that just something that he uses to divide. These were These were two uh, African tribes slaughtering one another. So your skin tone, listen, if, if we really knew that there's, you got more differences in your earlobe than you do your skin, than, than your whole, your skin. We, we, we are so vain and vile by making judgment and determination on somebody based on what they look like on the outside. That is so asinine and unbiblical. But it happens. But I'm here to tell you, in this church, 
in this church, which is God's church, we're going to preach God's plan. And God's plan is for all of us to be together to show the world the unity that comes when we learn how to love well. When we learn how to love people with agape love. What's love got to do with it? We'll keep unpacking it next week. Amen. Every head by every, every eye closed. Father, we thank you.